welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. Hey, and welcome to the show today, Matt Lindsay of Mather Economics. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Good. So, uh, Matt, look, uh, it'd be great for you to uh, introduce yourself. Um, if you could just give us your name, role, how long you've worked at said company and, and kind of what you do day to day. Absolutely. Sure. I'm Matt Lindsay, as you mentioned, the uh, president of Mather Economics. We're an economics consulting firm based in Atlanta. I started the company uh, about 18 years ago, and uh, I'm just uh, running the company on a day-to-day basis right now. Nice. And uh, what when you uh, what do you do? Who do you work with? Anyone you can give examples of? Absolutely, sure. We are uh, we really help clients optimize their subscription businesses. So we work with companies that have subscribers. We started in the media business, and we work with hundreds of, of newspaper clients in the United States and uh, Canada and around the world, actually. Uh, we also work with some other types of industries that have subscription type relationships with their customers. So uh, obviously taking into context, we're in the middle of a kind of humanitarian crisis and uh, kind of coronavirus is the key word. What's the main challenge you're seeing out there at the moment? And uh, what would you kind of um, say is the key focus for you as a business at the moment? Sure. So our clients are, as being newspapers, are very uh, cognizant of their role as the kind of sharing information with their communities, really the, the journalistic mission that they're focused on. And in many cases, the, that journalistic mission, the pursuit of that is contrary to their own best interests in terms of the business interests. And so what we are trying to help them do is balance that. How do they help their communities, but at the same time, put themselves in a strong financial position? So really helping out those uh, those organizations in this time of uh... I guess time of need as well. We're seeing all this uh, in the UK. I don't know what it is in the US, but in the UK, we're seeing furlough, the media sales teams and all the advertising sections of these businesses, unfortunately, um, having to stop doing their jobs for a few months. And one of the things we are seeing, and I don't know what you're seeing, obviously being working with optimizing subscriptions, we're seeing a huge increase in subscriptions across some of the brands we're working with. Is that is, is that kind of what you're seeing in the market? We generally are seeing an enormous growth in traffic, and, and in most cases, that does lead to an increase in subscriptions. Uh, what we are finding are that publishers that are uh, doing a good job of balancing the mix of free and paid content do are doing really well. Uh, some of our publishers that have perhaps given away too much free content really aren't translating that traffic into subscribers. They, they are really just having a lot of, of people come to their site. Uh, and, and unfortunately, they're not really monetizing those those visitors. The, the advertising demand or, or has really dropped uh, during this time. So subscription revenue has become really important. And what we're trying to do is help them, as I mentioned before, figure out what's that right mix of free and paid content. And obviously, that's a, it's a kind of a key strategic move at the moment. So one of those aspects, just from what I know, and we've had conversations in the past, Matt, about um, different things that you're doing. One of the key um, themes that we were hoping to talk about today was propensity. And I guess propensity models as a, as a high level. Um, 
there's uh, i guess there's two kind of words that come into propensity um when we start talking about this and uh, one is by and one is churn can you pretend i've got a real simple brain on me um and i don't really understand obviously i i understand a little bit about what's going on can you just explain propensity by and churn in a little bit more detail for me certainly when a, a person is on a, uh, a website, for instance, and they're reading content, there is a, a basically a different uh, ways of, of characterizing that relationship. You've, you've heard the term sales funnel or, or ladder of engagement. And, and what that really means is that someone's been brand new to the content. They're a, uh, you know, they're, they're not at the moment you're really having, you're trying to establish that relationship. They're really not likely to buy a subscription at that point because they really don't have a, a firm understanding of what the value proposition is of your content to them. And they don't have a habit of reading that content. So propensity to buy is really a, a reflection of how engaged they are or how your content has become valuable to them. And that is the, so what, what we find is that in a time like this, when you have this crisis, the demand for news uh, goes way up. But what we really are also interesting, what's interesting is that the people that are buying subscriptions during this time are really people that are not brand new to these sites. There's people that have been in somewhat engaged, uh, but not, uh, but not, you know, they're not first time visitors in most cases. So uh, what we find is that you're capturing these, these spikes in demand created by, you know, pandemics or crime or sports events. Those are really acceleration events that are really enabling you to they raise the propensity level to subscribe of people that are pretty much already in your sales funnel. Uh, these events also do provide a lot of what we call top of the funnel additions. And so those people will subscribe and you're just starting the journey with them. So you have to kind of do some things during this time to lay the groundwork for that relationship. Uh, churn is actually the, the kind of the, the other side of the coin. So you have a subscriber, and what, we're, what we find is that there are certain leading indicators of a customer's likelihood of churning. What we call propensity to churn is really just another way of saying their, their likelihood of, or their tendency to churn. Uh, and some of the, the big indicator we have are, are changes in, in consumption behaviors. Either they, they, they often will read a certain amount of content or they read it at certain times or on certain devices. And if we can tell that those patterns change, that's where we really... Uh, say their propensity to churn goes up and we try to take uh, proactive actions to stop that well first of all thank you for that it's uh, it's really useful and it's good to understand it in that simplistic way when you're building out these models is there a, is there a uh, one size fits all is there a um, is there a kind of um, single cap i can put on all of the people that are propensity to buy propensity to churn that's, a, that's actually a great question. And that's, that's one of the challenges we, we have uh, working with publishers is that we are, we are big advocates for personalization of the relationship. And in many cases, that's personalization across a number of, of, of margins, uh, including perhaps the, the financial relationship or the price that you offer as, uh, the subscriber. But we, what we often find is that the motivation for subscriptions that uh, changes across your your audience. So you have some people that are very interested in the content. Some people that are very interested in the, the cause. They you know they want you to have they want to have a, a journalistic uh, you know organization in their community. Uh, sometimes they're very sensitive to price. So we call that cost conscious. 
and, and understanding how their particular relationship with the paper is evolved will often give you insights as to what's the best approach for acquiring that person. Uh, similarly, when they're when they're a reader, we understand that under you know why are certain people churning. We we often find that price renewal price increases certainly cause some incremental churn, but in most cases they're not. The price is not the main reason that you lose the customer. Uh, so. Uh, a lot of our, a lot of the value we provide, my firm does to our clients is we help quantify, identify and quantify the, these factors that are affecting their subscription acquisition and retention and lifetime value. No, nice. That's a, that's a good way of putting it. And that's, it's good to understand. Obviously, that's a difficult thing. I guess everyone's different, right? And there's different um cohorts of people that are that are reading these these uh media outlets be that um a a celebrity focused newspaper versus a a financial focused newspaper there's two different cohorts of people that are, are looking at that information is there any common kind of myths around um uh propensity that 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 you can call out and uh, bring to life is there anything like that well, you know, there's there's a lot of, of jargon that gets uh, pushed out there, and in many cases, there's you know, um, we we find that there are some really core concepts that people need to think about. One is that your your customers are, uh, you know, they that's once what will some interesting facts I guess I'll start with is that most people that subscribe to a product a newspaper or another periodical or a digital product or service, they've actually often will hit that paywall, you know, five to 10 times before they accept the offer. And so uh, what, you know, that, that type of, uh, you know, hitting the paywall and having them go away often doesn't happen. What happens is people will hit a paywall, they'll go back to the last thing they read or they'll stay on the site and they'll try to read whatever they can and the goal is to really get as much information to, as you can on that person so that you can, again, increase that personalization and make that value proposition as meaningful to them as possible. Uh, and, and for that reason, sometimes we like to have uh, segmentation or A-B tests that, are, that go on for a period of time. And so uh, a lot of times we're wrestling with technologies that maybe want to have uh, really, uh, you know, refresh segmentation. Sometimes you'll hear the term real-time segments. And, you know, in some cases, real-time is not helpful. In some cases, it is. But, you know, it's really in the context of what we do, we're often really interested in this long-term relationship and, and treating that person, you know, testing what's working for that group of people and sustaining that characterization so we can run that test for a period of time. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I was talking to someone about uh, lifetime value the other day, and it kind of um, it syncs all together. The same kind of conversations. You got your propensity to buy, propensity to churn. We've got your kind of concepts around understanding the customer, and that's going to make sure that you're or ensure, I guess, that, that that your lifetime value, you're maximizing that lifetime value of that that customer, even average revenue that customer as well or ARPU as they call it in this uh in this industry but um it's just really interesting to obviously uh understand it from um your uh, side of things um a question then is there any kind of horror stories that people can uh take away as something that they can uh 
not follow that route so where i say that is there is there something critical to kind of get right is there something where you've seen some if you were starting out with a propensity model now what would you say do and what would you say not to do sure so what, what we recommend as an approach for these types of things is to start with the what, what we often call the use case or the end goal in mind and, and work backwards so what i what i mean by that is let's say your use case is we want it we want to acquire digital subscribers and then you, you say, okay, that, that's our goal. The next question is how can analytics improve that or help you achieve that goal? And so what we would then perhaps say is we want a propensity model. We would like to understand which are the subscribers or potential subscribers that we can acquire uh, or which ones need more, let's call it, you know, relationship building before we, before we acquire them. So then you'd say, okay, well, what data do you need to do those analytics? And in the case of a propensity score, you then will be like, okay, well, we need to know, you know, what type of device they're coming from. We need, we need to under, you know, have uh, ideally we need to know who they are, an email address or some sort of identification. So they're no longer anonymous. Uh, we we want to have maybe some understanding of what content they're reading. And, and so you, you work backwards towards the data and then, then you know, uh, you can then think of it also as what type of technical capability requirements are there for our tech staff. So what, if we want to have this type of offer, a targeted offer, what systems, what, what are, will the systems need to be able to do their interfacing with that customer? Uh, so uh, this is what I would, this is what we typically consider the, the, the best way forward. Some people flip this around, they start with the data first, and then they, they, they invest lots of time and energy and money in gathering all of the data, you know, at the front end. And those data projects, you know, can sometimes consume lots of money and lots of time. And it, in, in many cases, you uh, will ultimately kind of get to a use case and then you'll discover that you don't exactly have the right data. So then you have to go back and add other fields to your data, your data lake or whatever it may be. So that's, that, I guess I would, if I had to give one piece of advice, it would be to, you know, start, start with the end in mind and work backwards. That's great. And it's good to understand. And hopefully uh, some of our listeners can uh, take that away as one piece of advice. Um, look, Matt, as far as the theme goes um, around kind of propensity, I think that gives everyone a good intro. Is there anything else you, you'd share on that subject that maybe I've missed off or haven't asked a question about? Well, I think um, I know. I think the uh, propensity is a, is a great one. I think that, uh, you know, there's the, this idea of this, you know, what's the right business model. And so what, what we always tell our customers is to put the, tell our clients is to put their customers first, you know, really try to make a compelling product or, you know, a compelling value proposition and then, then kind of work, work from there. And so you can have all of the wonderful personalization and propensity modeling in the world, but if you don't have a really good product to sell, then it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. And uh, we see that. <laughs> I see that in so many businesses. But no, look, it's really interesting to understand that. Look, let me just recap a few things. And uh, what I took away from this and obviously understanding this from my limited uh, knowledge on it so far, I'm learning more every day, is, uh, is there's, a, there's a few things. Obviously, the end goal is to optimize the subscribers. Um, I guess that people are cost conscious. There is sensitivity to price. Um, we've got the propensity to buy, which obviously as we talked about, is a reflection of how engaged they are, how they find your content, really. are they? Do they find it good content? Are they going to potentially buy a subscription down the, down the line? 
Um, and obviously, you've got the churn. There's indicators, the likelihood to churn. Um, but I guess there's there's a couple of things at the end there I took away, um, and it's kind of around the recommended approach, and I really like that. Don't start with data first. Have an end goal and work backwards. It's great advice. So, what is the end goal? Acquire digital subscribers. Um, how are we going to do that? And then work back with the data from there. But obviously, at the end of the day, you can't introduce any kind of propensity model unless you've got a compelling value proposition. So you need to put those customers first. Look, Matt, absolute pleasure to talk about that with you. Before you go, though, um, and before we finish and I leave you to your day, I've got a few kind of uh, add-on questions that I might not have told you about in advance, which is obviously always good. So first of all... um, we are creating a, uh, a coffee club playlist, okay? So we're running the Zephyr Coffee Club on Thursdays um, and I'm creating a, a playlist to, to kind of help people um, feel more upbeat, right? We've got our first song from uh, Julian uh, on the previous episode who, uh, who recommended The Scatterlights. If I said to you, uh, name one upbeat song that you'd like to add to the playlist, what would it be? Oh, great. Well, this is absolutely, uh, you've caught me. A, a weakness I have is I can never remember the names of my, my favorite songs. But uh, I, I will say that there's some great ones out there from, uh, you know, Mumford & Son, big, big upbeat band uh, from the UK. Uh, they also uh, fans of uh, some, you know, like U2. I'm, I'm old school. So, you know, U2's been around a while, but I have to admit, I still, they have, they have good songs out there like uh, beautiful day uh some other classics should we go for that one then look let's uh let's go for beautiful day you too uh i might throw in a mumford and son song myself just for uh to to finish that off and uh, last thing if i was coming to atlanta uh which is where you're based um and uh you, you said hey come down the local bar with me and you're gonna have one of these drinks it's my favorite drink what would it be so I, uh, we have a, a beer renaissance going on here in Atlanta. There's a several uh, local startups. There's some, there's some great ones. There's uh, Sweetwater uh, 420 is their uh, Sweetwater Brewery, but their, their main beer is called a, a 420. And that's, uh, that's kind of an Atlanta classic. I think it's gotten a lot of, it's, it's pretty popular. So I'd start there, but there's, there's plenty more. We'd, we could we could make a whole night of it for sure. <laughs> Definitely. I'll hold you to that next time I'm over. Um, and last but not least, um, obviously, uh, we've, we're getting listeners that, that might want to get in touch. How do they do that? Well, you can always, uh, our website is, is mathereconomics.com. And then uh, you're welcome to, to reach me uh, via email uh, at matt uh, at mathereconomics.com. So love to hear from the, the listeners. Perfect. Look, I'll definitely uh, make sure those links are out there so people can get in touch. But Matt, um, pleasure speaking. Thank you for giving us a, a quick overview of uh, propensity modeling and uh, how the the basic kind of level, beginner's level propensity modeling. There we go. Um, so it's much appreciated. Thank you for your time and uh, great to have you on the, the Zephyr podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Take care.